everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am your co-host, Brian Bosarge, along as always with my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. And Shane, we are 105 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 42 seconds away from the 2022 NFL Draft. College football season is officially over. This is our first show since the national championship, so it is over. It is done. It's on to draft season. Uh, the top half of the draft order is set, so um, um, we, we can start really digging in uh, pretty soon. Declaration deadline's coming up, and all the all-star games. It's going to be a fun couple months here. On our show next week, Shane, we'll be less than 100 days away from the draft. As of right now, we're less than three weeks away from the first senior bowl practice. We're starting to get in the, uh, we're starting to get in it now there, Shane, starting to dig it, dig our heels in, getting ready to go. We've got content planned out for the next month. Look at us, Shane. Look at us. Working ahead. Working ahead. And you, you mentioned that that national title game was a uh, tooth and nail game up until the uh, pick six at the end there. Georgia pulls out. The national championship, their first one since 1981 or 1980. Herschel Walker played on that team. So, I mean, but Georgia, we, uh, I think we both might have had Bama in that one, but hey, we did. We did. Yeah. And you know what? It is what it is, you know. But Georgia, congrats to them. I don't really mean that, but, you know, congrats to them as well. I wouldn't. Uh, at least well, if, if your wife is li- is listening in, you are in trouble tonight. If you uh, say that, the, <laughs> she's she's a Crimson Tide. Uh, yeah, she is an there. she is an alum of the Tide. Yeah, oh, she's so. an alum. She was very upset. Uh, we were watching that game together the other night. She was not happy. Not happy at the outcome. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. That's right. They've, That's they've right. had enough national. Yeah, I was gonna say Georgia. Georgia it's been a while for Georgia, so let's let's yeah, get no. one here. But uh, Shane. Uh, before we get into which player on offense and defense we both uh, we both like the top player, uh, we got to talk about the uh, the the biggest story that came out of that game was the injury in the second quarter to uh, what was pres- it, you know I think we were uh, leading up to maybe wide receiver one Jamison Williams uh, tries to cut away from the defender down the middle of the field on what was at that time the biggest play Alabama had had up to that point and uh, tears his ACL. Um, it, it's it's tough to see. And uh, the Alabama offense, outside of like one big play to Christian Latu later in the game, kind of just went went in the tank uh, with without Williams on the field. So, uh, I mean, I guess the biggest question is, you know, with the ACL recoveries, what about a six-month, six- to seven-month deal now, If it's unless it's – you know, really damaged in there, but we won't know that till after the surgery. Uh, does this does this tank his stock a little bit, or or you still think he ends up going in the first? I, I think he ends up going in the first. I, I think it does hurt his stock, but I don't think we're going to notice, if that makes sense. So I think he was going to go higher than the consensus had right now. Like, I think he was a potential top 10 pick in the draft. All right, that's probably done. Middle of the first, he goes, and that's probably you know that's where I had him in my last mock. I think you've had him in similar spots, so I don't think we'll see a difference in it, even if it does cause him to fall a few spots, or maybe he's not the wide receiver one off the board. But teams, if the doctors say and the medical says and the combine check says, okay, he's going to get back up to speed. Teams know he's a four three run guy. If that's if that's going to come back. It doesn't matter too much. I don't think ACLs, um, and it was only an ACL. There was some fear that it was an ACL, MCL, which it was not. So that's a really good sign, too. It's not as bad as it used to be um, at this point. You know, I'd much rather that than an Achilles or something of that nature. Um, so I, I think he's still going to be in contention for the first receiver picked. Maybe he falls to wide receiver two or three off the board. I, I still think he's a near lock for the first round if, if, if the surgery goes well and there's no complications moving forward. Well, I watched the offensive players in the game the other night. You watched the defense, so I'll start here with the offense. And to me, probably the most impressive offensive player on the field the other night after the Williams injury was James Cook, the running back slash wide receiver slash offense, future offensive weapon in the NFL for the Georgia Bulldogs, younger brother of Dalvin Cook. Uh, Going to play a lot of wide receiver down at the Senior Bowl. Very versatile talent. Big-time speed. Probably going to go in that second-round area. 
He, he was good. Uh, he's had an impressive run this season uh, where George just, just used a lot of different running backs, Zemir White leading the charge, but they've used Cook more and more late in the season, catching passes. He has some explosion. He had a really good run in that game. So I think it's a good call. Uh, how, how high do you think he can go in the NFL draft? What's your kind of your ceiling for him? I think if he gets that versatility shown down there at senior bowl practice, I mean, you could be looking at, you know, a mid second round type of deal. I mean, he could be the, maybe the, he could end up being that fourth running back off the board, maybe even third running back, maybe higher. I mean, depending on how the, how other teams view the running back board, but I think that's, that's kind of where you could be looking at in that uh, mid second round area. Cool. Yeah, no, it's fair. Yeah. Day two seems pretty likely. Uh, who was the best defensive player you saw the other night? Uh, it's tough. There's a lot of tough good defense. Choice. There's tough a lot choice. of good defense, especially early in the game. Um, so, you know, I had copious, copious notes and had to leave a couple guys off. I'm going to go, you know, I, I got to go with the Bulldog. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Lewisine, the safety. Um, and it wasn't necessarily a stat sheet, you know, game for him where you're going to look at that, the stats about goal. But, you know, they had him uh, safety blitzes playing the edge, playing contain. Um, he showed off that versatility and how he's how hard he can hit, you know, getting into the backfield, getting a couple tackles for loss. Uh, I, I just thought he was all over the field and um, to kind of doing the things that Nicobe Dean usually does. They seem to have him kind of spying a little more and Bryce Young and making sure that, you know, Young wasn't going to get out of the pocket and, uh, uh, you know, seemed kind of took the coverage in the middle of the field. So I was really impressed with him, but there, there's a ton of guys. I mean, Christian Harris led my article for Alabama, the best game he's had this season. So definitely go check out draft countdown and take a look at both our articles and see the names of stock up. And I even had a couple of stock down on mine. Sure thing about that. Uh, well, Shane, the draft order is set. And uh, one of the coaching staffs at the senior bowl will be the Detroit lions. And we figured, Hey, we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions. We got to bring in an expert. And that expert is my good friend from Real GM. He is from Lions Wire and Browns Wire. He is Jeff Risden. Jeff, how the hell are you? Guys, it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me. It's good to see it's good to see your faces like in person. <laughs> I love it. I miss you guys. It's been too long. <laughs> Well, Jeff, I'm assuming I'll see you here in a uh, see you for sure here in a few weeks down here in Mobile, and then honor Jeff, I wore my tool T-shirt here. For, for the, <laughs> always for always the a podcast. good decision. Uh, Jeff wrote a column a few weeks ago where he compared a situation to a tool song whose name I will not mention on this family friendly podcast or the <laughs> lyrics for that matter. But hey, uh, anytime. Uh, I can talk to Jeff about anything football related is a good You time. never know where the inspiration is going to come from, my friend. You, you, you don't. do not, sir. You do not. Uh, Jeff, number two overall pick coming up here in the draft. Dan Campbell and crew going to be down here at the Senior Bowl, so I know you're going to be busy uh, all week with that. Uh, so, I mean, what, what, what are you hoping that uh, they're going to get out of this coaching experience? Uh, it didn't really work out too well for them a, a couple of years ago. As I saw, uh, Zach Taylor was here with Matt Patricia and them on opposite sides. And, well, Zach Taylor now in the playoffs, AFC North Division champions, Detroit on its second on another coach. Yeah, and, and we're happy that that change has been made. Um, and, and despite the fact that we are, in fact, back in Mobile for the second time in three years coaching because the team's record has been awful, I think the 3-3 three and three ending to this season – and the fact that two of those, like two of those ones, were over playoff teams, that over ten win teams, Dan Dan Campbell in the last six weeks of the season had more more victories over playoff bound ten win teams than Matt Patricia or Jim Caldwell had in their seven combined seasons before that. That 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 tells you why, even though the Lions like we had we had some real awful games this year, and Cincinnati was absolutely one of them, but. The arrow is pointing up, and look, the number two pick in the draft is not in Mobile, but they also have the Rams pick, which is going to be somewhere in the 20s or 30s, probably the 20s. I, I think they're going to lose um, fairly soon in the playoffs. Not, nothing against them. I just, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sold on them. But and then they have, they will have number 34. They also have a lot of. They're, they're going to have 
two or three third round picks, depending on how the comp picks play out. So the, a lot, all those guys, I expect them to be in Mobile or on one team or the other. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. And I think that's where their focus is going to be is looking at uh, just to, to quickly go over team needs. Wide receiver, they have to get a playmaking wide receiver. Amon Ross St. Brown was phenomenal. They need two more of him. They don't need just one. They need two. They need a safety in the worst way possible. Aaron Glenn is their defensive coordinator. His his defense, the and you were just talking about Lewis Seen Shane. Perfect segue to that because that guy would be phenomenal in Detroit with their second first round pick or first or second round pick. Uh, I, I, I love that. I, and I loved. Um, I like that you brought up Nicobe Dean with it too, because there they, they, there was a play in that game where Scene went out and blew up a screen pass or a swing pass, and it was a play that Dean blew up in their first meeting. And this time <laughs> they used it differently, and they used Scene to play the exact same role. I'm like, if you could have a safety do that with, with the linebacker, like that, that's exactly what they need. So, so that's you know, I'm I'm going to be focused a lot on the wide receivers, not necessarily cornerbacks, but safeties. They certainly need it in pass rush. The pass rush probably isn't there. The number two pick isn't there. You know, you, you could find a pass rusher that could maybe intrigue you in the middle rounds there, but that's that's you know that, that that's sort of how the senior bowl. Like if if you're a senior and you're a pass rusher, you're probably not going to be a top 20, 50 pick. That's just sort of the way it works. You know, we know that. Uh, so, so let me ask you, Jeff. Then, uh, like you said, that, that you know they're kind of looking at this and looking at the Senior Bowl experience. Now, a, a change that we're having this year, maybe we've seen a little bit of it in the past, is the head coach, the coordinators are going to kind of step back yeah. from the experience, right? Some of these uh, assistants down the line, position coaches are going to take over practice. Um, it, can you kind of? Go through quickly, I guess, the kind of the Lions staff. Like, who who, who you think can step up? Who might be some of those coaches to look yeah. for? How do you think they're going to run practice? That kind of deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Deuce Staley will be taking over the offense. Um, the, we do have a vacancy in the offensive coordinator position. Um, Deuce will not it, – it's unlikely he will become the offensive coordinator of the team. Um, the smart money there is on Ben Johnson, who is the tight ends coach, who is the de facto offensive coordinator for the last half of the season. Um, the, the part of the year where Jared Goff didn't suck. Um, and that, that's a big feather in his cap. Uh, so I, I, I think you're going to see Deuce Staley take it over on defense. Aaron Glenn is, he's going to, he's going to be getting some head coaching interviews. I don't think he's going to get a job this year at that. I think, I think he wants to, and he said it last week in his press conference, I want to be the best coordinator in the league for Detroit. And, and I take him at his word at that. Uh, Aubrey Pleasant as the defensive backs coach did a phenomenal job this year in, in working with, look, look they, lo- they lost Jeff Okuda 31 snaps into the season. One week later, they lost his replacement, Ifiatsu Malifonu, um, who didn't come back until week 17. They had UDFA starting at two of the three cornerback positions all season. AJ Parker, uh, Jerry Jacobs, like afterthoughts, they were they weren't even like they were they were low level postseason bowl game guys last year. They started and they played well. That's Aubrey Pleasant, so he's going to get a lot of run. Uh, Kelvin Shepard, um, by the way, all these players you you might recognize their names because they all played in the NFL. That's a big thing for Dan Campbell. Um, Kelvin Shepard, the former linebacker, is a linebackers coach. His his arrow is definitely pointing up as a coach. You'll probably see him take on more responsibilities too. Um, and Hank Fraley on the offensive line, another former NFL player. Did a just a bang up job with the, the Lions offensive line this year. So you're gonna see him take on more duties as well. He's gonna be groomed for bigger and better things. Um, and you know, just just quickly to, to diverge on that. When when you coach in Detroit, normally it's a dead end. You don't get a gig anywhere else. And if you do, it's like you're gonna be down a peg or two. Like if you were the OC, you're gonna be a quarterback's coach or a running backs coach. Like there's guys on the staff that are going to get hired away to bigger and better jobs than what they have in Detroit. And that is really freaking weird for us in Detroit. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> all right, Jeff, we talked about the number two pick and you said you're not going to get him a mobile. I think we, we agree. We all will agree on that. You also being that with the number two pick, you have to wait and see what Jacksonville does. So if you had your choice and one of these, one of the two were available we assume it'll be one of the two edge guys. Would you rather do you are you a Aiden Hutchinson guy or are you a Kayvon Thibodeau guy? For I, Detroit, for Detroit, I think I like Thibodeau just a little bit more uh, because I do think that they asked 
Um, Charles Harris was the top pass rusher. He played the, the outside linebacker. It's a stand-up outside linebacker role. I think Thibodeau is a little bit more comfortable at, at doing the things in space. That's not to say that Aiden Hutchinson can't do them, but I think he can project he can project the Ducks to do that a little bit better than the Wolverine. Um, I'd be happy with either of them. Um, it, it's interesting, the the mindset in Detroit. Most people here, it, it, well, it's weird. You, you know it from being in Alabama, you know, with Auburn versus Alabama. The Michigan people, oddly enough, are really out on Hutchinson as being the, the pick. And like the, all the other people are like, oh, you, you you hate him so much because he didn't he had a really bad game at a bad time against Georgia. Like Georgia does that. That that's what they do. They're, they're that's a good football team. <laughs> so I, I I don't know what you do with it. I'm still I do need to see more of of Oregon's game tape just in general. I think I saw two full games, and I I got bits and pieces here, but I that, I'm not done with them yet. But I I, I tend to lean more towards Kayvon than I do Aiden at this point. I think that's where me and Shane are too. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's close, but I think we're both, we're both there. Shane. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll take the pass rush. Uh, look, I think an elephant in the room we have to talk about is the quarterback position. Um, you know, Jared Goff had some good games in there. He's, he's obviously signed uh, to a pretty decent deal for next year. The Lions are in a pretty good position maybe to take one, though, having that Rams pick, having the one of the top picks in the second round, a lot of guys in Mobile that might be available. Uh, is that something that you see them addressing? Do you think this experience, you know, that, that this might be the difference, getting to work with some of these guys? How, how do you think that plays out? Maybe do they pass all together this year. What do you think? Yeah, and that's that's a very good question. And I'll be honest, I don't think they know the answer to that yet. I, don't, I, I think they know that Jared Goff will be the quarterback in 2022. Beyond that, I don't think that they're married to that. They they would like it if he proved. It. And look, the last six weeks of the season, you saw Jared Goff. You were reminded why he was once upon a time the number one overall pick. He was not that way all year. Um, the first probably eight games of the season, I would argue he was probably the worst quarterback in football. Um, and I watched some bad quarterbacking this year. I watched I watched a lot of Davis Mills, watched a lot of Zach Wilson. There's some bad quarterbacking out there. He was down there with them. He played really well once he started to trust his receivers, once he started to trust his protections, once the receivers got better. They brought in Josh Reynolds, and that made a big difference for him. Uh, I'm comfortable going into next year where the Lions are, look, this is a 3-13-1 team. We're not expecting them to go 13-3-1 next year. But I think it's reasonable to expect with Jared Goff as the quarterback that they can challenge for a wild card spot if not you know bubble up a little bit higher into that where maybe maybe they threaten a Packers team if Aaron Rodgers goes away I, I don't know that, that that's pie in the sky do will they like the will they look at the quarterbacks absolutely and that's one of the reasons why they're there and I think pay attention to who gets put on their roster because the Jets do not need a quarter well they do need a quarterback but they don't think they need a quarterback <laughs> and they will uh they will defer to the Lions on that so if you see Kenny Pickett um in Detroit on uh, and, and I think he's going to go in between two and wherever the Rams pick is so it's probably moot I think he's going to be the first quarterback I think he's going to go in the 8 to 15 range and I'm just throwing that out there without looking at the teams that are there that th th but Guys like Desmond Ritter, you know, Malik Willis, who, who I'm not in on whatsoever. But th th there's going to be guys there that are intriguing. And, you know, Ritter certainly fits the bill of what they're looking for because they, they do like what Goff is. But one of the things that Dan Campbell has said a lot is, I like a quarterback that can run a little bit. And that, that's not Jared Goff. Um, I, I'm not there with any of those quarterbacks yet. You know, I, I there are times where I really like Sam Howell. There are times when I really like Matt Corral. There are also times when I'm like, no, no. So, and again, I got to watch a lot more of those guys, but I think they're going to decide pretty quickly there if this, if this is somebody that they want to build around or not, and they'll make the decision. And I think they'll know by the end of that week, whether they're going to take a quarterback with that, with that Rams pick or that first pick of the second round. I think if they don't take a quarterback there, if you go a little bit deeper, a guy like Bailey Zappi, that guy's, that guy's intriguing. There, there's a lot to like about that guy. And uh, I, I'll be fascinated to see what team he winds up on in the senior bowl <laughs> because uh, uh, I, I saw him at Michigan State and 
it wasn't too big for him. Not Michigan State's pass defense, yeah. but he he does a lot of things really well. And I'm if they're if they're looking for a more developmental quarterback, that you know, okay, we know the Goffs here in 2022. We might have him in 2023. And by that point, will a guy like Zappy be ready? I, I think they're going to evaluate that too, and that's that's a big the big thing that they're going to try to get out of the week. Uh, Jeff, you mentioned safety is a big, big need for Detroit, and uh, I can't not talk to you about MAC players. And there are two MAC <laughs> safeties uh, at the Senior Bowl that I'm gonna be honest, I didn't really know a whole lot about when they were announced for the Senior Bowl. Tyson Anderson from Toledo, Sterling Weatherford from Miami, Ohio. Talk to me. All right, I don't know uh, the Miami kid very well. I'm an Ohio guy. We hate Miami, so I'm I don't I don't study them until I absolutely have to. That that's that's cats and dogs, man. That's just not right. <laughs> Toledo is a very well coached football team, and the way that they run their defense translates very well to the NFL. Now it hasn't worked with a lot of different guys, but if if you remember Barry Church, um, put him out of mind because he's not Barry Church. But th- th- that you're getting that caliber of player. They, they've had some cornerbacks that have had some success too. He, to me, he's a cover three low safety. Um, and I, I, I dare say that I want to see him try a little bit to play in the slot. It's not, not the most comfortable fit for him, but he had a couple of very nice games. He did not play well. I want to say it was this, I want to say it was the central Michigan game where he did not play well. Um, and that, yeah, but uh, he, he's got, he's, he is, at, he is near the bottom of the rung of the, the crop that's there. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be interested to see what it looks like when he gets there, but uh, he, he's a guy that, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out because he, look, the Mac quarterback situation and wide receiver situations this year, other than Caleb Ellaby out of Western Michigan, who I think is a sleeper that, that probably deserves a little bit more attention. Um, there, there wasn't, it's just not great. It wasn't a good year for the Mac. So they, they've got a lot to prove against a lot bigger fish in a bigger pond. So, look, we all know, and you mentioned earlier that receiver is a big need for the Lions. There's a lot of good receivers in this draft. A lot of uh, last year, I felt like there was a lot of slot guys that were really good, you know, Elijah Moore and uh, some of these players that emerged as rookies. This year, there's a lot of alpha guys that can play on the outside, Traylon Burks and um, Drake London, et cetera. From, from the receivers that you've watched uh, so far, who, who kind of intrigues you generally and who – you know, who's the name or two you think could fit with the Lions, um, whether it be in first round, second round, third round, et cetera? I love Burks, but that's another guy that's not – you don't take him at two and he's not going to be there at the Rams pick. Um, I don't see him getting past the Browns pick. Um, I, I, I I was actually on a, a Browns podcast this morning. I, I, do, I, I am from Cleveland. Originally, I, I, I still cover the Browns for Brownswire. Every mock draft I do for the Browns will have Traylon Burks as their first round pick until I'm told otherwise. <laughs> it's just it's just too perfect. Um, I am not the world's biggest Drake London fan. Um, I know that there's a lot to like about him, and it's not necessarily injury related. I get scared when you talk about a receiver and you the first thing you go to is always oh, really good on contested catches. That that to me that's that's Laquan Treadwell, that's Hakeem Butler, that's JJ Arcega Whiteside. I th- those guys scare the crap out of me. I I think he's better than those guys. He's he's certainly done more uh, a more broader thing at USC. But I, I I'm not going to be as high on him as most people are. I like Alave. I think that his uh, I like David Bell in, in sort of the same way in that they're not elite athletes, but they are so masters of their craft. And you saw what, what what a guy like Terry McLaurin, a guy who had attention to every detail, every single footstep that he takes, every movement that he makes with his arms is calculated to impact the defense. I see that from both Alave and Bell. And I think those are guys that are going to be there in that 28 to 35 range. Um, and, and I'd be very happy with either one of those guys. Um, you know, the, the, there, there's a few deeper than that, uh, but. I, I want them to take one with one of their first with one of those picks. I want a wide receiver. I'm I, I'm pretty pretty staunch on that. And also, I want one in free agency too. But uh, a lot Alave would probably be my top choice. Um, now you talk about Jameis Williams and his injury. Does that drop him down into that range? And am I comfortable with that? Yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't rule him out. Uh, again, this is a team that. Like if they make the playoffs next year, they're probably a little bit ahead of schedule. But in 2023, 2024, when 
hopefully the, hopefully the Packers have imploded by then. I don't mean to offend any Packers fans, but that's what we all want. Um, it looks like the, the Bears and Vikings have taken care of their own, you know, sinking ships and, you know, it's time for the Lions to rise and they have a chance to take a, a, a guy, like if he comes back and plays the last eight games of next year, that that's, that's probably good enough for me. So I, I'd be okay with that there too. Um, and I, I do think, I think he's probably going to go in the twenties or thirties. I don't think he's going to go higher than that. And I think, I think just what he showed, like you can't, you can't teach what he's got. Um, he's not going to fall beyond, I don't think 35, 40 in that range. Let's bring it back around to the senior bowl and the lions are going to have like the, the senior bowl really is about getting those guys in the third, the fourth, the fifth, sixth, even the sixth round. And the guys are going to contribute that you're going to see up close. Who are some guys like you've, I know you've looked through the senior bowl roster at this point. Yeah. Who are some of those guys that can contribute to the lions early that you're going to see this week, or I'm sorry, in, in a few weeks in mobile. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. And unfortunately, I don't have the roster in front of me, so I'm streaming this uh, off the top of my head. I am looking very hard at the defensive end, specifically guys who can play the five technique because uh, they, they swung last year on Levi Anzarike. Uh, he did not play well, um, to be kind. Now, he, he was hurt, and maybe maybe he'll be better, but they, they've they got to get somebody there. So I'm, I'm going to be looking at that crop really strong. I'm going to be looking at the, the safeties, the, the deeper safeties, because I think they need two. Um, Tracy Walker's a free agent. Uh, Dean Marlowe's a free agent. That their, their safety core coming back is Will Harris. He's he's awful. So they they've got to do something there. Um, so I, I'm I'm going to be looking very hard at those guys. And and it is a case where I, I trust their value. They did a really good job late in the draft last year. Day two, day three, guys. I think they cleaned up very nicely. Um, Getting finding this year's Derek Barnes, who was hit and miss as a rookie, but I the arrows pointing up for that guy. That That's the kind of guy that they're looking for. And that's a guy last year who really, you know, put, put some prominence behind his name. So I'm looking for those kind of risers who have, who fit a, a, an odd man front, but an aggressive odd man front. And that's, you know, um, I, I should spitball some names, but I, I, don't, I don't want to leave anybody out or anything. So uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I'm looking more positional-wise, and I'm definitely looking at Zappi as a potential quarterback. I'm looking uh, tight ends. So tight ends is another one. They have one under contract. This TJ Hawkinson is coming off of an injury. They do have control of Brock Wright, who was solid as an undrafted free agent, but they don't have anybody else, period. So they're going to be looking at tight ends. So, And I have not looked at the tight ends who are going to be down there, but – uh, they, they need one, if not more. So yeah, that, that's that's where my focus is going to be primarily. Is there anything that you take away from the draft strategy last year? Like, it, it was intriguing to me. You know, usually when you have a new coach come in, a team in Detroit wasn't very good. Like, it, it was really offensive line, defensive line heavy. You know, you, you mentioned uh, Anzarike, et cetera. Um, I, I I, I like I kind of liked it. Like I like building the trenches first. Um, mm-hmm. Do you take anything away from that on how this is going to go? Is is this next draft, as you've been saying, going to be a little more explosive quarterback receiver, or do you think you know? Do you think maybe may, maybe not? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, I I hope that they address it. I I think they feel pretty good about it. the offensive line is certainly in very good shape. Panay Sewell wound up being a home run right tackle. Um, left tackle, eh, I don't know, but right to right, he could be the best right tackle in football next year. He might have been at the end of this season. Uh, that that that's that's a huge asset. And, and Taylor Decker's coming back. Frank Ragnall, for my money, the best center in the game will be back. You know, Halapula Vadi Vaitai, a former senior bowler, um, former Shrine Game two senior bowl guy, uh, played great at right guard this year. Jonah Jackson, senior bowler last year or two years ago. Um, was the best of the the crop that the, the Bob Quinn Matt Patricia combination found in Mobile. That's a really good offensive line. So I don't think they're going to look there. But if they're going, I, I think they know that they need to get better weapons. But I do think they they would like to get like they've got some like Trey Flowers is on this roster. Nick Williams is on this roster. Michael Brockers. They leaned on some more veteran, more expensive depth, veteran you know that type of guy for defense. I think that they wouldn't shy away from taking a guy like that, but I do think they're going to be focused more on building that, you know, they do need an off-ball linebacker. Um, That's certainly not a priority for anybody who's involved in that. 
Um, just, you know, with, with Brad Holmes coming from the Rams, John Dorsey, when he was with the Chiefs and with the Browns, um, they don't, they just don't value the off-ball linebacker position that much, but they do need one because Alex Anzalone is a free agent. Derek Barnes, maybe, maybe starts. Jalen Williams, maybe, but is another free agent. So they got to, they got to address that. Um, if they are going to do like that side, I think they're looking for more for speed and, and more situational players than, than, you know, your, your starters. I think if they're going to come out way with starters on this, they will be on the perimeter. It will be safety. It will be tight end. It will be uh, uh wide receiver is, is where they would get the instant impact from it. All right, Jeff, last question. And we'll let you go. Uh, you're also, you don't, you're not the managing editor of Brown's water anymore, but you still do contribute. So you're still dialed in to Cleveland. Uh, Baker Mayfield, is he the quarterback in Cleveland next year? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because he was hurt to all hell this year. They had the highest paid backup in the league in Case Keenum. And did they play Case Keenum? No, they did not. That tells you all you need to know about how Kevin Stefanski feels about Baker Mayfield. Even when Baker was stinking it up this year, he kept him out there even though his hand-picked backup was on the roster. That tells me that they think they can fix it. Baker's got to get better. Um, he's got to get better receivers. His receiving core fell off a cliff. Um, Odell Beckham just did not work out. Jarvis Landry is starting to show his age. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz are just, they're not there yet. Uh, Austin Hooper might be the, the worst contract in football as a tight end. Like they, they had a lot of problems and Baker to his credit slash detriment took a lot of that on his own shoulders. That's, that's kind of the guy he is. I think when, when cooler heads prevailed, people will realize, okay, he really was hurt. Just, just go out. Just go out to your garage, strap your shoulder tight, hit it with a hammer because he he broke the the humerus bone. For those of you watching, right here, like he broke that with a torn labrum in the shoulder. He can't move that. Try to try, try to throw a football without moving your left shoulder. Like it's not easy. Um, so I, I I think he look. He's under contract for another year. I do think he'll be back. Will they take another quarterback? I. I kind of think they want. I think they'll punt for a year. Um, I, I think that they like the position that they're at. I think they do not forget the 2020 season that was incredibly successful for them. So I think that you will we'll see Baker back next year. Uh, it's a very big year for him. He will be entering free agency, and they they don't have to. They're going to have other options because they will have some money. There will be some free agents out there. Will, excuse me. There will be some draft guys out there. So I, th I think they're going to play it out and hope that, and hope that Baker sells them, much like Detroit hopes that Jared Goff proves that he's the guy. I think they want Baker to prove that he's, he can be the guy, and they're, they would love to have that happen. Sounds good. All right, Jeff, we appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, yeah. I look forward to uh, getting that Smoothie King from you here in a few yes. weeks there. Yes, there, I Jeff. cannot wait to get back to Smoothie King land. I live here in West Michigan. We don't have any. I miss it. So I can't wait to get down to Mobile and uh, – and chop it up with everybody and have some Smoothie King. Jeff, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks guys. Man. That was Jeff Risden from the Lions Wire and Real GM. Um, yeah, so uh, what, what did you take out of that there, Shane? I, I think it's exciting to hear, you know, hear Jeff talk about um, – kind of the things that I was hoping that the, you know, the Lions would be focused on, uh, you know, receiver, especially like, I think, I think it could have a good offense and he made a really good point about what quarterbacks are on what team um, for the senior bowl, because we know they're going to kind of talk to GMs, set up those teams and then maybe make trades between those teams, depending on what the coaching staffs want. So it, it will be really intriguing. Like does a Bailey Zappi end up there uh, in Detroit, or do they kind of front load it with those first round guys? I think it could give us a good indication of where the Lions are, are thinking. Yep. So Shane, the last few weeks we've been, you know, basically playing a weekly guessing game or who was going to be the senior bowl coaching staff. We now know the Detroit Lions will be one, the New York Jets and Robert Sala will be the other coaching staff. Uh, our assumption here is that the NFL – who, the NFL, by the way, is the ones that sends the teams, not the Senior Bowl. It's not the NFL is the one responsible for sending them to the Senior Bowl. Uh, we're just speculating that, you know, there is uncertainty with the Texan staff is why they passed on them in favor of the Jets because there was no uncertainty there. 
but that are, will be the two coaching staffs. And the first 18 picks of the draft order are set. We will never talk about this again until we start doing mock drafts and stuff live on the podcast. But uh, Jacksonville pick one, Detroit picking second. We talked about talked to Jeff about that. Uh, Houston picking third, the Jets fourth. The, the New York Giants now without a GM and without a head coach, they're picking fifth. Carolina picking sixth. We assume Matt Rule is coming back. Um, the Giants picking again at seven from with their pick from the Bears. Atlanta picking eight. Denver nine. Uh, the Jets picking again at ten uh, with Seattle's pick. Washington 11, Minnesota 12. Minnesota looking for a head coach now as they fired Mike Zimmer and fired Rick Spielman, GM. Uh, Cleveland, 13. Baltimore, 14. Philadelphia going back-to-back, 15 and 16, with the picks they got from Miami and Indianapolis. Miami looking for a new head coach uh, as well as they surprisingly fired Brian Flores. There seems to be a lot of backfighting there in that front office. Uh, Chargers picking 17th after their loss on Sunday night. And the Saints picking 18th after the uh, Rams couldn't get it done against the 49ers, keeping them out of the playoffs. Shane, that is picks one through 18. Anything jump out to you there? No, I I think it's interesting to see some of those traded picks right early in the season. It was like, oh, you know, these might really work out for the Eagles, for the Giants, and uh, teams like Seattle kind of went on some run, a little bit of a run, I guess, uh, to knock that pick down a little bit. Um, So, yeah, you know, that's kind of interesting. And obviously for uh, Miami, maybe part of the reason why Brian Flores got fired among other things is, uh, you know, they traded away their, their pick instead of the 49ers pick. And so now they're picking, going to be picking lower since the 49ers are in the playoffs and they're out. You know, I do enjoy the new traveling draft where they're going around in different cities, but man, if there was ever a year for the draft to be back in New York, it'd be this year, right? With <laughs> both, both teams picking twice in the top 10, that place would be going nuts. Yeah. But uh, we'll be in Vegas this year, right? Las Vegas hosting the draft uh, this year. All right, Shane, we had about 13 more players declare for the draft this week. Uh, We are six days away from the uh, deadline for players to declare for the draft. Uh, I know our list is incomplete. I haven't gone through and gotten the – I don't want to call them afterthought players, but the players that have declared that are probably not going to be drafted. But uh, we'll start with four corners, and let's see if we can play a guessing game. Uh, I'm going to name four corners, and you tell me which one is not like the other. Okay, Derek okay. Stingley Jr., LSU. Yeah. Andrew Booth, Clemson. Mm, Kair good. Elam, Florida. Very good. Jaquan McMillan, East Carolina. Oh, mm-hmm. That's tough. You know, uh, three of those guys are probably slam dunk first round picks, and Jaquan McMillan, I is can't not. say I've watched very much yet. So, so I, uh, he's he's not, but uh, you know he's very very small. He's five ten, one listed at one sixty one. I mean, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll get him, we'll get him on the list. To watch. Good luck, young man. Yeah. Uh, defensive lineman that declared this week, Christopher Hinton, Michigan. You were high on him earlier in the season. Not sure if you're still as gung ho with uh, the son of the 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 son of the man who was traded for John Elway. Uh, you know he's still my top 100. He's he's number seven on my D line, so he's fallen. Uh, I think I don't think he's played great this year, but um, uh, yeah, well, I'm interested to see how the workouts go. I like I do still like Christopher Hinton. A kicker declared uh, LSU's Cade York. Moving on. Uh, three offensive linemen, two of two, three offensive tackles, two of which I think are top 60 players, maybe, uh, potentially Sean Ryan from UCLA and Dari Rosenthal from Kentucky, the LSU transfer, both guys, if not may, may end up in the second round area, potentially, uh, if not the second round, third round, uh, for sure. And Alec Anderson, another junior uh, offensive tackle from UCLA, also declared. So Chip Kelly loses both of his bookends. 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, unsurprising, and I, I was excited to see Sean Ryan declare. He's the guy we talked about early. I kind of expected him to go back, um, and uh, yeah, he, he's in my top ten tackles for this class. A pair of safeties entering the draft. Uh, one probably not going in the top one hundred, but one will. Uh, Daxton Hill from Michigan is the one that's going to go high potential first round uh, pick. Uh, you know, could be the number two safety off the board after Kyle Hamilton. Um, Colby Harville Peel, the other from Oklahoma State, probably that fourth, fifth round area, maybe. No, but uh, yeah, I would probably say he's probably day three. Another player that ha had some hype a couple years ago, hasn't quite played up to it, but had a couple good games. So, uh, yeah, exciting to see see the safety class fill out because I think it needs some more some more players. And two more wide receivers enter. Jalen Naylor from Michigan State, uh, not as heralded as his teammate uh, that went back to school, I believe. Um, yeah. The other is intriguing. We've talked about him before. Uh, Justin Ross, Clemson, officially declares for the draft. Uh, neck injury, uh, sidelined him for a whole season, came back this year, was not the same. Uh, he's probably not going day two, right? I, I would assume not. Um, you know, he also then broke his foot this year. So we're not just talking about, you know, the major neck injury, but also another injury. Uh, so yeah, medical is going to be big. Yeah, he, he did not play well. He's outside my top 20 receivers right now. And I, I think it's more likely maybe he goes undrafted than, than he's a day two pick, right? Like, I think you have you have a medical worry. He wasn't that great this year. I mean, as a freshman, he was phenomenal. He was maybe the best receiver that would have been in this class uh, by far and just fell off because of that injury, which sucks. Um, but so, you know, I, I hope he gets a shot. I hope definitely get a shot in the NFL. I think some team will – you know, at the very least, he's going to be in a camp, if not drafted, um, and do that. So that's exciting. Jalen Ayler's not bad either. I'm not going to poo-poo receivers anymore or any early declaration. You know, we Sky Moore declared. We kind of uh, poo-pooed that one, and then I watched him, and I was like, "This guy's a day two pick." So, I, so I, I should, I should not, I should not make uh, any assumptions before I watched uh, watch these guys. I have not watched Sky Moore you yet. You, so, you need so, to. So now I guess I'm going to have to uh, if you're going to say such things. Uh, <laughs> I did not see any questions on Twitter. Um, we don't really have any questions in the comments. We have some comments. Uh, I guess we should have looked at these when Jeff was on. Uh, basically, Chris Lopez saying the second pick is pretty much going to be made for you. He's not wrong. Uh I, you know what, though? I'm not ruling out Evan Neal uh, to Jacksonville at one. I'm just not going to do it. Okay. I'm not I'm not ruling it out. I, I guess that's true. Uh, no, 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 no. You're, you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean. But then I guess then you have intrigue with Detroit. But, yes, no. If if, if Jacksonville takes Thibodeau at one, then, I'm, then the choice is probably Hutchinson at two. Yeah, I mean – I think that's kind of what it has to be. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe if you're Jacksonville, if you want Neil, right, could you trade down with Houston to three for very little? And if, you know, they can get the pass pressure of their choice. Like, I feel like you could probably swing that. Right. I don't know if a trade up from somebody is a thing too, but I mean, that probably wouldn't be the worst idea for Detroit yeah. to entertain as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I doubt someone's going to want to move up in this class, right? When you don't have that. I, 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 but... I, I'm with you. Unless, unless, you know, hypothetically, Evan Neal is the apple of someone's eye and they want to get up and get that top tackle. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know if he's going to be, I like, you know, I like him a lot, uh, but I, I don't know if, the NFL is going to grade him quite as highly as, as I have them. So, um, but we'll see. It's still a lot of time to sort this out. Maybe the combine, uh, cause I think I'll, I don't, I don't know what Thibodeau and Hutchinson and Evan Neal do, but I think all three of them could ball out at the combine too. All right. We do have 
a question or comment really doesn't pertain to anything NFL draft related, but I was going to talk about it in a second anyway. So let's go ahead and let the cat yeah. out of the bag. Uh, second, uh, what am I looking forward to the most as I roll into Cincinnati this weekend? That's right, folks. Your friendly co-host here has, I want to say spur of the moment. I've kind of been thinking about it for the last couple of weeks, but on Monday I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. I uh, booked a flight to Cincinnati, booked a hotel, bought a ticket to the game. I'm going for the first time in my life getting on an airplane. Never done that before. Yeah. And flying to Cincinnati, never been to a game there, been a Bengals fan for 35-plus years. And uh, going to go watch their playoff game against the Raiders uh, on Saturday. Um, um, to say I'm ecstatic is cutting it short. Uh, it's 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 going to be awesome. Uh, so hoping to see a big win uh, on Saturday in this damn curse of Bo Jackson. And uh, and, and mo- let's move on and, and, and progress as further as the season goes. But, no, I'm just – Everything about this trip is, is going to be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to all of it, and I can't wait to get to Cincinnati on Friday. What, what are you most scared about for, the, for the, your first plane ride? Because that, that's, that's a pretty big step. I, I mean, I'm not really scared per se. I mean, it's not – It's uh, you know, we kind of talked off air beforehand, but I have, I have a connecting flight in Atlanta. I'm flying out of Pensacola, which is like an hour east of Mobile where I live. And it's it's basically each flight I'm on is one hour. So I'm like flying from Pensacola to Atlanta and then Atlanta to Cincinnati or wherever the airport's it's in Kentucky actually, the airport that uh, it's just south of Cincinnati. So I mean I'm not gonna be on the plane long. So but I'm just I'm more anxious than anything, you know, yeah. just to see what it's all about just because I've never done it. But uh you know. Just take your shoes off early in the in the security line. Don't don't, <laughs> don't be that guy. That don't be caught. that guy. It's caught. Uh, you know you're up and uh, you're not ready. Don't don't be that guy. It's like you see 17 people in front of you do it. You know that you don't <laughs> do it. You know it's kind of yeah. No, I, uh, I I will thoroughly. I have printed off some materials to see what you do and what you not to do and all that. So I've kind of you know I should <laughs> yeah, don't, be don't, don't, this don't material. Bring- Giant thing of liquid onto the plane. Yeah, the yeah. Don't don't be sneaking in. a two liter bottle of Dr Pepper in the bag. Yeah, you need the great Pepper, you know, for the Cincinnati's and have that. I know they do not. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, you'll you'll have a blast. That's going to be yeah, awesome. That atmosphere is going to be rocking. So I, yeah, it's going to be so good. Uh, so good. Uh, coming up, it's a uh, the temperature, man. That's uh, that's going to be a bit different. Be a bit different. They say now, Shane. You you live in the north. I do. I live in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, born and raised. Yep. You've been down to Mobile for the Senior Bowl, where the temperatures do get kind of chilly down here. I have. But they say, Shane, that it's a different kind of cold up there. Like we have that wet cold that kind of gets you in the bones. Is is it really a difference, or is it just cold? Just cold. I, I um I think it is I think it is a little different you know like Mobile at least when I've been down there the wind's been going that can hit you hard like here at this time of year it's just it's just this settling cold like when it, when it's that cold you can just kind of feel it on your body your entire body like anything exposed it just sits and doesn't move right it doesn't you don't like get colder or warmer like it, it's just there it, it is it is different i mean shovel i've shoveled my driveway in negative 10 degrees like it, it's not fun uh and you know you feel like you're gonna die so it, it, it's fine it's good <laughs> i mean i'm only gonna be outside for like five hours yeah, it'll be fine. In, in 19 degree weather it'll be fine mm-hmm. it'll be fine it'll be good, no, it'll I'm, be good. I'm, I'm pumped man i just like i said i hope uh Hope everything goes well. Um, everything yeah, well, should go well. It'll yeah. be fine. Um, Shane, we got a, we, we talked earlier. We've got content uh, scheduled for the next over a month, ready to go. Uh, you've got something fun coming out tomorrow this weekend. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple. Uh, there's a couple of All Star games Saturday. The uh, Tropical Bowl and the Hula Bowl both taking place in the same city on the same day. Still can't fathom <laughs> awesome. how dumb that is. 
But uh, I've got previews uh, for both of those games, uh, Hula Bowl on Friday, Tropical Bowl on Saturday. Already got those scheduled to go up while I'm – while I'll be in Cincinnati, those will be on DraftCountdown.com. Uh, Shane, you got uh, something coming up tomorrow. You want to give a little tease? So I, 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 you know, I had a um, Pierre Strong Jr. article before as as the next James Robinson. I think I found the next Cooper Cup. So I, I have an article coming out. Uh, I'll describe who I think that is. I got the gif images going of some plays in that article, so you can see it for yourself. And I think. I've identified the next wide receiver star in a couple years in the NFL. He'll be in this draft and your team could get him. So check it out tomorrow. Very interesting. I'll say that. And uh, Sunday, all rookie team. Uh, yeah. Coming up. Coming up I'm, I'm, going, I'm going three deep. I'm going first three team, deep. Third team. You heard baby. that three teams worth of all rookies coming up on Sunday from Shane. And hey, mock draft Monday coming up. I'm oh, coming yeah. at you. One round. Oh, I, I thought I thought maybe we could go to two. My next one though. Yeah. Two rounds. Yeah, boy. Two rounds. So, we'll, 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 after that, that should be after. Yeah. So that'll be the mock draft. Yes, the mock draft before the Senior Bowl. Uh, first Senior Bowl practice. Two round mock draft coming from me, but all one only one round coming from me. Then the following Monday, Shane coming at you with his next seven round uh, 2022 mock draft. But uh. Nice. Shane, everybody who downloads this podcast on Apple or Spotify or Podbean or whatever you get your podcasts on, leave us a review. Give us a nice five-star rating so more people can hear our podcast. If you watch on YouTube, we want you to like this video. We want you to subscribe to our channel. Hit the notification bell so you know when we go live every Wednesday on uh, 8 o'clock Central, 9 Eastern, we go live every week with a podcast. So uh, for Shane P. Hallam. I'm Brian Bosart. Follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane at Shane P. Hallam. Follow DraftCat down at DraftCat down. Get updated with everything we got going on at the site, which is, as we've been saying, a lot. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight, everybody. Who day? See you next week. <laughs>